You made that sound really exciting. I'm going to transition into Steve talking. Hello, you are going to listen to me. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so, hey, welcome to Chi Alpha. Uh, thanks so much for being here. If this is your first time, we'd just like to say welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you for celebrating the start of spring break with us. Uh, how many people are free, home free, spring break? Yeah. How many people are leaving Alaska for spring break? All right. How many people are going to the beach? How many people are going to the the beach of the Arctic Ocean over spring break. Yeah, good, good. We have a we have a team, a missions team going to Barrow for a missions trip. That's pretty exciting. Uh, anybody? Did everybody enjoy Guys Night and Girls Night last week? And if you weren't there, you guys missed out. The girls, I heard, ate waffles uh, and did girl stuff. Wow, dance to High School Musical. Well, guys, we we. We threw dodgeballs at each other. I was, I was sore for four days, like no joke. And I was like, I, I was no joke. Like the muscles in like this part of my neck were sore. Thank you, sternoclinalmastoid is what I was just was informed that that is. I don't know how that gets sore from throwing dodgeballs, but that was it was yeah it was one of those things. Well, you know that's probably what it was. But yeah, thank you guys for coming tonight. We're glad that you're here. And like I said, if you are the first, if this is your first time here, we just like to thank you for coming. This is Chi Alpha. We love worshiping the Lord together. We love hanging out together, and uh, and hopefully you'll meet some some friends here tonight. So, uh, hey, how many people here are a little bit weirded out by awkward silences? Anybody like really uncomfortable with those? If you know. If you know Courtney Schumann, you might know what I'm talking about, all right? Uh, but uh, awkward silences are kind of weird. Sometimes people respond to awkward silences with just talking a lot. Other times people kind of like shrink back. Other times people just like make awkward noises, like, uh, you know. <laughs> or like you laugh at something that you weren't actually supposed to be laughing at. Or you use a filler word like um or s- I'm from the Midwest, and everybody says so, all right? Yep, so, uh, so what? Like, I don't know, I just was saying it, right? Uh, we, uh, silence is a really interesting thing. I, I found silence to be a really cool thing. Uh, anybody a hunter in here? Anybody like to go hunting? Back in Minnesota, I really enjoyed bow hunting for white-tailed deer. And when you bow hunt, what you do is you dress up in really warm clothes, crawl out to a tree, climb a tree, sit into a a seat that is, like, strapped to a tree, and then you just wait for animals to walk by to shoot, right? And uh, that's the essence of bow hunting. But one night, it was, like, the calmest night that I had ever experienced. Now, in southwestern Minnesota, the wind blows constantly. It's, like, 35 miles an hour, like, constantly. And uh, we don't really have that in Anchorage, praise the Lord, but it's like every day. And so one night I was out bow hunting, and the sun set, and when it gets calm, like you can hear everything. Like half a mile away, you hear ducks and geese, and, and actually, you probably don't know this, but ducks' wings actually make noise when they fly. It's like a, <laughs> it's really cool. You're like, wow, ducks, right? And so this one day it was super, super calm. And, and the, the, you know, it was just all of a sudden this, like, nice, cool air came across the entire valley that I was hunting. 
And it was like you could hear things from like miles away, it seemed like. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in my tree stand, and I hear this giant like crunch, crunch, crunch behind me. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is, this is it. Like, this is the big buck. And if you've been hunting before, you know that, like, every, every like, vein in your body all of a sudden gets shot with adrenaline. Your heart starts pumping. I'm like, there's a buck right behind me. I just know it. And this step gets louder, louder, like, it sounds like twigs are breaking, leaves are busting. It sounds like an elephant is coming through the trees behind me. And I'm, like, frozen, right? I don't want to move because it could be a big buck, and I don't want to spook him. But i got to figure out where this thing is and try to get in position. So I'm kind of, like, peeking over my shoulder like this. Can't see anything. I'm peeking over my shoulder like this. And it keeps getting closer and closer and closer. And finally, I'm like, what is this thing? And I finally kind of, you know, take the liberty to peek a little bit more like this. I'm like, what in the world? And finally, it's like right underneath my tree. I'm like, why am I not seeing this? And I look down, and it was a squirrel. It was a, it's like, and I was like, what in the world, man? Like, I was like ready to just slay something. And, and it's a stinking squirrel. And what was really crazy about that is that I literally, it, I could have sworn that an elephant was coming through the trees. But what's interesting about noise is when you quiet everything else when you're bow hunting, even a squirrel can sound very, very loud and noisy. And I find that really interesting because our spiritual lives are much the same way. That sometimes when we are trying to hear from the Lord, sometimes when we're trying to experience God, we, we are expecting Him to speak to us. We're expecting Him to speak to us maybe in a certain way or in a certain voice or in a certain volume. But if the noise of life is too loud around us, we have a tendency to miss it. If the noise of life is, is, is so loud around us, it becomes this white noise and we miss we have the tendency to miss what God is doing. Psalms 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, how many people here would like to know God better? Anybody? How many people here would like to have God be exalted in your life, meaning that God would, would you would experience God in a new way? Anybody? And now how many people would like God to work through you to be exalted to all the earth, meaning that he would use you in powerful ways because of your obedience, because you're listening to him and you're responding to his calling? Anybody? Yeah. But the problem is, is that God loves to speak to us. He loves to guide us. He loves to prompt us. But if the noise of life and if the voices around us are too loud, we drown out God's voice. And so tonight what I want us to talk about is how do we do that? How do we do what Psalms 46 says is to be still? And we're going to look into that. Because as an American culture, we love action, right? And we hate awkward silence. This is uncomfortable for us, right? Steve, just say something, please, right? But what is true about God's word, and when we look at the heroes of the faith, they understood what it meant to quiet life enough, to slow down enough, and to be still enough to hear from God. A guy named Samuel heard from God in the quiet of the night. 
Jesus went away to the mountain to pray, to get away from things, to, to get away from distractions, to spend time with the Lord. David and the other psalmists are constantly talking about being still or quieting yourself before God. What that tells me is that there, this is a lost art. It is something that is to be practiced in our spiritual journeys with the Lord. And so last week you heard from Aaron. How many people enjoyed Aaron last week? Come on. Hottest preacher I've ever seen. I can tell you that much. Anyways, sorry. Uh, so last week Aaron had talked about waiting on the Lord for life. Tonight we're going to talk about a microscopic version of that. We're going to talk about waiting on the Lord to hear from the Lord and being still before the Lord. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to have you open to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings 19. And uh, I'm going to be reading about the story of Elijah. Elijah is one of my favorite dudes in the Bible. Uh, I love his story. I love his journey. I love how Scripture walks us through his life. So to give you a background of what's happening as we pick up in 1 Kings 19, verse 9, Elijah had just done some really radical stuff for God. I mean, we're talking changing weather, weather patterns, like running at supernatural speeds, calling down fire from heaven, all in a day's work. I mean, it was pretty cool. And then right after that happens, this girl named Queen Jezebel puts a death threat on his life, and he gets really mad, and he gets really discouraged, and he runs away, and he tells God, God, I wish I was dead. Life is too hard. I just did all this stuff for you, and now this is happening. Why is this happening? And he goes into the desert to hear from the Lord, and this is where we pick up the story of Elijah. It says this, And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied to the Lord, and they sorted things out. <laughs> Elijah knew, had an understanding of something through this story. I believe that he, he gained an understanding of something about the Lord in this story, and that is that that sometimes life has a lot of noise. Sometimes the situations that we put ourselves in have a lot of noise. Sometimes we expect God to move one way, and when he doesn't, we get discouraged and angry because of our expectations of what he should have done and what we had planned for him to do and how we planned for him to speak to us. And because of our misconceived notions, because of our misconceived expectations, because of the noise of life, we miss out on what the true voice of God is. Until Elijah came in a whisper. 
all of you had said that you want to know God better, that you want to experience God in new ways, that you want to be guided by God to fulfill your God-given destiny, being still before the Lord is an incredibly strategic part of all of that. So how do we do it? I got four things for you tonight. The first one is that we need to reposition our heart. Reposition our heart. Elijah, it's very clear that one of the reasons that I think Elijah was having a hard time hearing the voice of the Lord in this story, that he had to, God had to drag him out into the middle of the desert and take him to this hill and have this really crazy experience, was because Elijah's heart was not in the right place. Essentially, what Elijah says here to God is he says, God, I have done this and this and this. You should be, you should be doing something by now. In other words, he was saying, God, my ways and my thoughts and my plans are better than your thoughts and your plans and your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But what does the Word of God say? The Word of God says that, my th- that God's thoughts and His ways are higher than our thoughts and our ways, that we can't even comprehend His wisdom. So the first step to being still before the Lord, to hear the Lord's voice, is to be able to humble ourselves so that our plans are not louder than his plans. So that our thoughts and our ideas are not louder than his ideas and his, his thoughts for our life. It's not that, and I, I want to put a disclaimer out there for this, this point, is that, and for what everything we're talking about here, it's not that, I'm not saying that God only whispers to us, okay? God is sovereign and he is powerful, and I know many stories when God like radically touches people's lives and breaks through and, and presses through. But being still before the Lord is about really about positioning our hearts, right? If I go to God and I position my heart and I say, God, my ways are not as good as your ways. So I'm going to sit peacefully and be still in your presence for long enough to hear from you. Essentially, what I am doing is I am positioning my heart, right? I'm positioning my heart to say, God, Steve, without you, isn't going to make it. And I desperately need you. And I am willing to shut up for long enough to listen. And we stink at this. I stink at this. I don't know about you, but I stink at this. (laughs) Good. then you're in the right place, brother. The second thing that we need to do is that we need to reprioritize the noise. Reprioritize the noise. Noise is inevitable in our lives. It is. We, that's part of living life is that we get busy. We, get, we have things to do. We have responsibilities. But to reprioritize the noise. Elijah here had a very noisy thing happen in his life. He had something terrible. He had a death threat out for his life for like, I don't know, the 10th time in a row, right? He was not a very well-liked person in Israel. Many prophets were not. And But what Elijah did in this story is that he made his circumstances and the things going on in his life, he made them bigger than God himself. He said that, you know what, God, you don't understand my problems. You don't get me. My problems are really, really big. If you just understood what I was going through, none of this would have happened, right? And God had to drag him out in the middle of the desert to speak to him. 
So what does that mean? I believe that what God wants us to do is quiet ourselves for long enough, reprioritize the noise in our, our, our lives long enough to dwell on his character. We're going to do a social experiment in here. We're going to sit quietly for one minute. I'm going to start a timer. And what I want you to do is I want you to try to reprioritize the noise in your life. As soon as a thought comes into your life, you start thinking about the fact that you're hungry or that that cute girl is sitting three rows up, six rows back, or whatever, all right? Before you, just get all of that out of your brain, and I want all of us to dwell on God. Dwell on a, maybe you just want to focus on his love. Maybe you want to focus on his mercy. Maybe you want to focus on his grace. And we are going to do this one for one minute. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. Okay, that was a minute. Some of you are like, that was the longest minute of my life. <laughs> I, w- I, I once preached this message, and I, I had everybody sit for five minutes. And everybody's like, Steve, please make it stop, right? But here's the deal, is that what I asked you to do is I asked you to dwell on the Lord, dwell on a character trait of the Lord. Now, every single character trait of the Lord is infinite, Right? His love is infinite, his mercy is infinite, his grace is infinite. So could we ever dwell on it for long enough? Could we ever ne- could we ever focus on it or get to know enough about any aspect of his character? The answer is no, right? So that's why this is so beautiful. But here's the deal. Is how be honest, how many people had something pop into their head other than God? Okay. Joseph, you are a saint, my friend. Good job. I don't know how that happened. I will be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I had a couple things pop in my head, and this is what I want to challenge you to think about. When we quiet ourselves and we try to focus on the Lord, the things that pop into our heads, it is very possible and very likely that those things are idols in your life. You have identified an idol in your life. And I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys for just a second. One of the things that I was thinking about for a chunk of that time was, man, I wonder what everybody is thinking about this illustration. So what does that tell me? That tells me that one of the idols in Steve's life is what you all think about him. And I need to repent of that. If you're thinking about work, if you're thinking about school, if you're thinking about finances, if you're thinking about a girl, you're thinking about a guy, you're thinking about whatever, because you were trying to concentrate on the God of the universe and something else distracted you is very possible 
that that is an idol in your life. You need to ask the Lord about that. Yes. It's a deep question. We'll talk about that afterwards. Is that cool? All right, perfect. All right. So, so moving on. We're going to move on. Is that okay? All right. Uh, so here's the deal is that sometimes when we have this, this attitude, what ends up happening, if we have an inability to do this, what ends up happening is that our schedule becomes more important than our instruction from our creator, right? If we can't just sit still, we're like, I don't have time for that. Essentially, what we are communicating in our hearts is that our schedule is more important than our creator, than instruction from our creator and savior. And I want you, to, I want you guys to think about this because this is so important for every single aspect of our lives. You see, when we start to worry and have anxiety and all of these things, essentially, I think one of the cures for worry, if you deal, this is, this is a word from the Lord for somebody here, I really believe that, that if you deal with anxiety, if you deal with worry in your life, start spending time quieting yourself in God's presence. Because what's going to happen is you're going to develop a dependency on Him in an intimate sort of way. You're going to start to quiet yourself because really all anxiety is, is misplaced. Something is misplaced in your life. Really, anxiety comes from two different places because God says all anxiety should be cast onto him, right? And to do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, present your request to God and that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So in other words, what that tells me is that if we have anxiety in our lives, one of two things is happening. One, we are not trusting God in the fullness, in his fullness in an area of our lives which means we need to start dwelling in him, right? Or we have actually bit off something that God never intended for us to chew. There's something going on in our lives that we were never meant to do or that we were always meant to give to him. And see, when we quiet ourselves before the Lord, that is where these things get revealed. And we start to realize, oh, wait a minute. I can't concentrate on God because I am desperately worried about this thing over here. God, either I'm not trusting you enough in this, I haven't given this to you, or something needs to be healed in this area of my life. Or maybe I was never supposed to tackle that, that task in the first place. The third thing that we have to do in order to be still is to rethink your expectation. Rethink your expectation. Being still before God, asking to hear from the Lord, has a lot of different uh stigmas attached to it, a lot of different expectations attached to it. When I, when someone says, oh, and then the Lord, I just felt the Lord say this to me. Has anybody ever else, has anybody else ever been confused by that statement? Like, what exactly does that mean? Did, like, God come into your house and actually, like, talk to you? Like, he knocked on the door, did he send you a text, did he send you an email? What actually happened? How did God communicate that thing to you? And sometimes we hear stories about great missionaries being called certain places or being given visions or, or dreams, and that stuff happens. God can do all of those things, but 99% of the time, God speaks in a still, small voice. 
He speaks in the, he speaks through the silence of life, right? And sometimes we get frustrated because we're not hearing from God. Well, I will tell you this, is that the Holy Spirit was not, his goal in, li- in life is not to like show up and just like, sapoof, punch you in the face and be like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to go to Africa to be a missionary, right? Or I guess I'm going to not eat that for lunch, right? That's not his job is to come and punch you in the face. The Holy Spirit, the primary way that he speaks to people is through a whisper, guys. And here's the problem is that so many of us, I had everybody raise their hand and say, who on in here wants to know your God-given destiny? All of us want to do that. Man, I want to know where God's taking me. I want to know what God's doing. But here's the problem is that so many times we're asking God for a five-year plan and we're not willing to be obedient in the five-minute plan. And we're not willing to just sit still for long enough to allow the Holy Spirit to say, hey, This is what I have for you in the next five minutes, in the next five hours, in the next five days. This is where I'm taking you. This is where I'm taking you today. This is where I'm taking you in class today. This is where I'm taking you at work. This is where I'm taking you on your drive. This is who I'm going to have you pray for on your drive to work. See, it is in the baby steps that we find the ultimate destiny for our lives. So don't sit around asking God to give you a five-year plan if you're not willing to obey the five-minute plan. I tell people this. When we walk into a time with God, come expecting to hear from the Lord. Always come expecting to hear from the Lord because God always has something, I believe, that he wants to give you, a snippet of truth, a snippet of wisdom. Come expecting to hear from the Lord, but don't have an expectation for how you will hear from the Lord. Because he speaks to you in a lot of different, he's going to speak to everybody in different ways. So expect to hear from the Lord, but do not have an expectation as to how to hear from the Lord. Because then what we have done is we have put God in a box. And we have said, you can only speak to me this way. I'm only going to listen to you at this time. I'm only going to listen to you if you tell me this, 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 and this. So expect God to hear, but do not, do not have an expectation for how he's going to communicate it to you or what he's going to communicate to you. The minute we do that, we close ourselves off to true obedience. And finally, the fourth thing that we need to do in order to uh, be still is to relax in his presence. To relax in his presence. And Aaron, could you grab my green journal out of my bag? I forgot to bring it up with me. Spending time with God should not be stressful. Elijah was stressed out when he came to God. He was ready to, he was so stressed out, he was ready to die. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. So if you, you may or may not know this, but the original Bible was not written in English. It was, uh, it was written in other languages. And that word in the original text, be still, is a word called rafa. Everybody say it with me. Rafa. Great job. And what Rafa means is to sink, relax, let drop, or withdraw. What Rafa means is a really big beanbag chair. Okay? <laughs> right? To, to sink in, relax, let drop. 
Man, Ephesians 3.13 talks about how wide and long and high and deep the love of Jesus is, right? But in order to experience the full depths of God's love, do you think we can do this? Oh, that felt good, right? Oh, the water feels great. Cool. No, no, no. In order to understand the depths of God lo- God's love, we need to allow ourselves to slow ourselves down enough to say, I'm going to sink into God's presence. And I know that sounds kind of poetic and kind of hooky, but there's so much power in that. When we decide to shut off the distractions, shut off the cell phone, shut off the podcast, shut off the music, shut off everything else, and just say, God, I'm just going to spend time dwelling on you and dwelling on your character. And we just are able to sit in the presence of the most powerful being in the entire universe. Guys, come on. We get to be still and know that he is God. We get to position our heart to understand that he is way bigger than me. I get to reprioritize the junk that's going on in my life and realize that God is way bigger than all of it. I get to rethink my expectations, rethink about how God is going to speak to me in the past and that it might be different in the future. And then I just get to relax in his presence. And I'm going to tell you something that developing a practice of doing this will not be easy right away. It'll be distracting. There'll be things going on around you. There'll be things that you're thinking of. But it's worth it. It's a discipline that you can develop in your life. I really do believe that. And all of a sudden, what happens in this time is that all of a sudden, God starts to whisper in your ear, Hey, remember that person that you never forgave? You're still angry with them. You need to forgive that person. Remember that person that really, really hurt you? You need to forgive that person. Remember that person that you really, really hurt? Yeah, you need to pray for them. You need to repent of what happened, and you need to ask me for strength and wisdom to not have that happen again. Hey, you know that thing that you've been dreaming about? That's not from me. I got different plans for you. Hey, guess what? Here's the dream that I want to give you. God does this, guys. He does this. I have never been spoken to in the audible voice of God. I know people who who say that, yes, I heard an audible voice of God, and I believe that that can happen. That has never happened to me. God speaks to me when I'm able to quiet myself. In fact, this after, actually, it was at 11 o'clock today. I was in my office. I was planning on preaching something completely different other than this message, and I, I got on my hands and knees, and I said, God, what would you have for tonight? And he says, Steve, you got the wrong plan. I want to preach some I want you to preach something else. And everything changed at eleven o'clock today. When I was in college, I was a I was a junior in college when I spent my first summer in Alaska. And uh, I was twenty one years old, came to Alaska, wanting to learn how to hear God's voice. And God laid this on my heart. He said, Steve, I need you to shut up for long enough to hear from me, first of all. All right. So why don't you, and he didn't say shut up, okay, but I need you to be quiet for long enough to hear from me. And so he started to develop this as a practice in my life. And so one day, well, what I felt the Lord lead me to do is just five minutes a day, five minutes a day just to be 
apart from my time of Bible reading, apart from my time of praying, just to say, okay, five minutes a day, I'm going to just shut everything off, and I'm just going to try to spend time in your presence. And there was days when God would speak crazy things to me, and there was days where I would walk away from that season just feeling like a million bucks because I just got to immerse myself to sink into God's presence. But there was days when God would show really crazy stuff to me, like, hey, Steve, I'm going to whisper a dream into your, in, into your life. And I want you, I want to read, this is my journal entry from July 16th, 2010. This is almost seven years old now. I was 21 years old at the time, and this is what God laid on my heart. Last night, I felt like God might have laid something on my heart. All yesterday, I was overcome by the challenge of Alaska. The cost of living, the move, the enormity, the toughness of transportation. Now, at this point, I'd already kind of felt like the Lord had whispered to me that, hey, Steve, uh, Alaska might be in your future. And Kyalpha might be in your future. So this is, this is after that. So this is what, it, this is what I, I felt the Lord lay on my heart. If this is something God is calling me to do, it has to be soon after school, not 10 years down the road. I would also need a wife that is equally called. I could not put up with the constant small complaints or jabbing about Alaska. I, wouldn't, I would need her to be joyful about our calling to Alaska. As for my bigger picture dream, I want to help facilitate planting a Chi Alpha in every major Alaskan university with there being also smaller ministries on the smaller campuses in the state. My dream would be to teach for a few years while building up or, or paying off student debt and building up uh, training and I would pray for people who are motivated to get the ball rolling and start in a student organization on their campus while meeting privately in a core small group setting in my home. Working with youth programs, I would target kids who are going to Alaska universities and disciple them. And once things were set up where there was an organization planted and we had a good core group, we would then be able to branch out and have weekly Chi Alpha meetings as well as various small groups. My wife could disciple women and I could disciple men. This would probably require me to be in full-time ministry. Campus ministry in Alaska isn't dead. It just hasn't been born yet. Wow, God, you are amazing. I will start praying about whether or not this dream is divinely given from you or if, it, if you have something to completely different plan. I would not be standing here before you right now if God did not lay down my heart one summer seven years ago to say, Steve, why don't you just be still and trust that I have a much better plan for your life than you do? Reposition your heart. Reprioritize the noise. Get rid of the noise in your life. To rethink the expectations that you place on your life. You think you're going one way, I got a different plan for you. And I will tell you this, that I cannot imagine doing anything more fun. I cannot imagine doing anything more fulfilling. And I cannot imagine doing anything that is more adventurous and that would give me more joy than what I do right now. Guys, I want you, I want every single person in Chi Alpha to step into their God-given destiny. Being still is an important part of that. I think so many times we 
We want to hear God, but but being still is not about necessarily about hearing God all the time. It's also just about experiencing God. You notice what Elijah did when the whisper of the Lord came? And Sean, you can come back up. He pulled his cloak over his head. In other words, God's presence showed up in such a tangible way that he was so blown away by God's glory that the only thing he knew how to do was cover his face. Like, oh, you are so magnificent. And here's what I want you guys to know is that sometimes aspects of God's character cannot be told to you. They have to be experienced. And so we can read the word of God and we can pray to God and we can come to Chi Alpha and hear what Steve has to say. And we can go to small group and hear what the small group leader has to say and what the other people in small group have to say. But there are certain aspects of God's character that will never be fully understood unless we put ourselves in a position to experience them. And we allow ourselves to be still for long enough to have ourselves slip into the presence of God and slip into an attitude of being able to dwell in certain parts of his character and his presence. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We are going to spend some time doing this, and I'm going to have Sean play some background music, but he's not going to sing any words or anything like that. And I'm going to ask us to just spend some time in God's presence. And I have a challenge for you guys tonight, and that is for you to be able to quiet yourself for five minutes a day. This is a great opportunity to do this. You're going, many of you are going into spring break. You're probably going to spend about 15 hours a day sleeping and nine hours a day watching Netflix. And then like somewhere in the middle there shoving food in your face. I don't know. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's my spring, that's my kind of spring break, Steve. So here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Five minutes a day, shut everything off, put the cell phone away, and just spend time in the Lord's presence. Concentrate on Him. If your mind wanders, say, no, I'm concentrating on you. If it wanders again, no, I'm concentrating on you. Develop this into a habit over spring break. Because I think God wants to speak some really incredible things. Get a journal and write down the stuff that you experience. Write down the stuff that the Lord is speaking to you. Because who knows, seven years later, you might be reading it in front of 100 college students. <laughs> That'd be creepy if I wrote that, right? So if you bow your heads and close your eyes with me. If you say, yes, I'm going to respond to that challenge. I'm going to commit to five minutes a day of being still before God. Just as a way to make that commitment between you and the Lord, just raise a hand in this place. Hands up with me. My second question is this. If you're here tonight and you have some idols, you recognize some idols that are very loud. You recognize some anxiety that's very loud. And you realize that you need to reposition your heart and reprioritize that noise in your life. And you just want to lay some things at the feet of Jesus. Just raise a hand in this place. We're going to pray for those two things here in a little bit. But before we do, I want to pray. I want to ask you this question. If you're here tonight and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe you've had one in the past and it's grown cold and stagnant, and tonight you would like 
to make a decision to make him the Lord and the Savior of your life. Just raise a hand in this place. Is that for anybody in here? Okay. If you would like to make that decision, make Jesus your Lord and Savior, we have a prayer team in the back. If you're a young lady, we'd like you to find a young lady to, to talk to about that. If you're a young man, I'd love to talk to you about that. And we're going to have prayer teams available in the back. If you're dealing with some anxiety or something that we had talked about tonight, we would love to pray for you. But we're going to take five minutes. We're going to start the five-minute challenge tonight. We're going to take five minutes as Sean just plays quietly to sit in the Lord's presence. And then after five minutes, Sean, I'll have you lead this in a worship song. And during that worship song, if you need prayer, we're going to have a prayer team in the back. You can come back for that. But we're just going to spend time sitting quietly in the Lord's presence. This area up here is open and available to you. If you would like to get away from, uh, you know, someone who might be distracting to you or whatever, or if you want to just kind of come and get away from, from everything else, you just want to come sit or kneel in the Lord's presence in this front, front area or in the back area, you are welcome to do that. But we're going to pray for those first two things, and then I'm just going to leave it open-ended. And we'll come back and close after worship. We're just going to spend some time with, with God here. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to spend time with you. Lord, I pray for all of us who have committed to just spending five minutes a day just quieting ourselves in your presence. I pray that we would be able to follow through on that commitment. I pray that you would speak to us and reveal incredible aspects of your character, that you would start to reposition our hearts to understand that your ways are higher than our ways. God, I pray that that would be the heart behind all of this, that it would not be some religious obligation that we're trying to fulfill because Steve told us to do it, but God, that it, it would be an, under, there'd be an understanding in all of us that we are communicating in our heart that we are coming to you recognizing that you are way bigger than us and that your ways are higher, that we want to be obedient to you, God. That's our heart. Lord, for those of us who have idols in our lives and for those of us who have identified certain things that we are anxious about, Lord, I pray that we would just be able to lay those at your feet tonight, that we would bring them to you in this, even maybe in this time of quietness, that we would just be able to bring those things to you and surrender those things to you and ask for you to take them and ask for you to speak to us about those things. We thank you for this, God. We love you, and we pray that you'd be with us in this time of spending time with you and then worshiping you. In Jesus' name.